Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of Grace Point Church in Atlantic, Iowa. My name is Don McLean. I'm the senior pastor here at Grace Point. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can check us out at gracepointatlantic.com. And in the meantime, grab your Bible and check out this week's sermon. You may be seated. And if you would turn to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. And Stacey will read that for us, please. Once again, we will be in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1, 5. That was short and sweet and to the point. We are delighted to have Hannah Shady with us this morning. She is actually executive director of the LC Clinic, and most of, in fact, it's kind of interesting. Um, we've just opened up, or just opening up, the one here in Atlantic. How many people in our congregation have worked down there, either construction or cleaning or whatever? Please stand. Just please stand. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people have done. And I just wanted Hannah to see that. There's a lot of things that we've done. Thank you for standing. So we are invested in the LC Clinic here in Atlantic. Also, there's the LC Clinic in Creston and in Stewart. Uh, Hannah has one of her boys with us this morning, but she is the mother of two. And we're delighted to have her come up and share with us uh, what God has laid in her heart concerning uh, her ministry, the ministry. I mean, come on up, Shay. Thank you guys so much um, for inviting me here to share about the ministry of LC Clinic. I know when we started this venture back in 2012, none of us ever could have imagined what the Lord had in store for the ministry of LC Clinic. So let me give you a little bit of history for those of you that are maybe unaware. LC Clinic started as a pregnancy resource center. So in fact, what we did at the beginning when we opened in Stewart was we offered a parenting program um, and pregnancy test free to the community. Um, throughout kind of some of our training and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we started looking into um, converting into a pregnancy medical clinic, which is what we are considered now. Um, so even that kind of first step in seeking the Lord's will of what he would have us do for the ministry of life care. When we opened, we were Life Care Pregnancy Resources, Inc. Um, so many of you know we print our name on different promotional things. That was a, an extremely long name to print on pens and t-shirts and whatever. Um, and so when we decided to go medical, we wanted to have a medical type of name, but we also wanted to be mindful of the roots and where we started. So oftentimes one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, what does LC stand for? And so it stands for life care, which is the beginning of what we started. But also it speaks to who we are as a ministry. We run a pregnancy medical clinic and we specialize in early pregnancy confirmation. So typically around five to six weeks, we can um, usually determine if a mother is pregnant and do some things to measure that pregnancy as well. But life care really speaks to 
who we are as a ministry because we can meet practical needs of the people that come in in our community, but what we really care about is their entire life, their entire aspect of being a human, and as we know, humans are very much multifaceted. So the reason that we um, continue to share about the beginning um, is to kind of just show what God has done and also just live that daily life of surrender um, and sacrifice and being a follower of Jesus and not a fan of Jesus. Um, And so as I prayed about the message that the Holy Spirit would lay on my heart to share with you, I was sent um, a message from a dear friend of mine And it kind of just affirmed the words that I felt the Lord was going to give me to share today. So I want to share a little bit about the services that we provide. For those of you that don't know, we are a 501c3, but we are completely privately funded. So we do not accept government funding or rely on government funding. And it's for a lot of reasons that we do that. Um... But the main reason is because this is the Lord's ministry. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to anyone else. It belongs to the Lord. And so if we are trusting in him and believing in him and surrendering to him, then we know that not only is our God a really good and gracious and merciful God, but he is an amazing provider. In fact, scripture tells us that he provides abundantly more than we could ever know or need or want. And we have seen that firsthand in the ministry of life care. So what we offer now to the public is we offer free and confidential services. A question that I often get asked is if there are any requirements, income-based requirements or any other requirements, um, you know, whether we're in the same county. Um, And so that's another beautiful thing because Jesus met people where they were at, and he showed them love and compassion wherever we were at. And that is what is the core of our ministry, and what we want to continue to do is to demonstrate the love of Christ with everybody that he puts into our center, and everybody, even that we pass in the grocery store, in the library. Um, So what we can offer to the community as far as practical needs are pregnancy tests, and limited obstetric ultrasound. So when a young woman comes in and she has a positive pregnancy test, we want to establish three things during her time with us in our ultrasound appointment. We want to establish that she has um, a viable pregnancy that is an intrauterine viable pregnancy. And what that means is that the embryo has implanted inside of the uterus and not in a fallopian tube or elsewhere, which is considered in the medical field an ectopic pregnancy, and it is a medical emergency for both mom and baby. We want to establish fetal pole or fetal heart rate, so establishing that the baby has a good, strong heartbeat and that it is within the normal parameters we would expect to see in that early time of gestation. We also want to establish a gestational age or an estimated due date, so giving um, the mom her some sort of general idea based, based upon the measurements of the baby when she can expect to deliver. And as most of you that are in here are moms know, babies come whenever they want to. Um, they don't meet our rules, you know, and that happens even after birth, right? Like, as you're training them up in the way they should go. Um, and so those are the things that we kind of would sit down and meet with our positive pregnancy test clients. Something that um, I was asked about recently at the grand opening that we maybe don't share enough about is the most important thing 
that we could ever place into the hands of anyone that comes into the center is the holy word of God. And so any time that a mom comes in and she has a positive pregnancy test, we give to her a positive gift bundle. And you want to, we are a client permission-based ministry. So you want to make sure that you're communicating and gaining um, the client's permission and also their trust in that transparency and that open communication. So in each of those gift bundles has a holy Bible um, and has some other little things for them as well. Anytime that a client comes in and they join our material assistance program, we also have a Bible with them. So we have partnered with the Gideons recently, and they have agreed to furnish and supply all of the Bibles that go in all of our packets for all three centers, um, probably for as long as we need them. So that is a huge blessing to the, to the community and to us as we're kind of packaging those. And it also, from a financial standpoint, is very important as well. So... Um, so that's kind of what we would first sit with a client and kind of determine what they were in the center for. Other services that we provide outside of pregnancy tests in obstetric ultrasound are STI testing and treatment, so sexually transmitted infection. Um, if a client comes in and they test positive for chlamydia or gonorrhea, which are the two most common um, worldwide, then we are able to treat them, administer treatment to them in the center. So the ideal situation would be that they could come in for education and that we would be able to treat them in the center. But our clinic is unique in the fact that we have what's called an expedited partner treatment. And so if a client comes in and they test positive and we cannot get their partner to come in to ensure that they are treated as well, then we can give the antibiotics to their partner. They sign a disclaimer and then they're able to administer those antibiotics to their partner as well. We have a lot of other services that we like to kind of grow and expand upon. So one of the reasons that um, a lot of clients come into the center are for the first two services, like I talked about, but also for our parenting program. The curriculum that we use is called Earn While You Learn, and it is um, essentially accountability program, a parenting program. The parents and caregivers will come in and take classes, and they get mommy money and daddy dollars, which is what we call it, in the in their center and they get to exchange those items for diapers and wipes um, material type of things if a client's in need of things like a crib or a pack and play or a bassinet um, we have partnerships with different statewide coalitions we can get them free car seats those types of things so we always let our clients when they come in um, we always let them know if there's something that we don't carry in the boutique please let one of your peer counselors or education facilitators know, and chances are we have some way to get you what it is that you need. We don't want clients leaving the center with either questions unanswered or a need that is unmet. And so we have kind of the bulk of our, um, our appointments are for the Earn What You Learn program currently, and so we had about 500 client um, appointments in the clinic last year typically, um, it's about three to 500. And so we get often asked the question, well, what happened during COVID? Did COVID impact you? In what way did you guys close down? And we did not close down. We stayed open. Um, a lot of, or some of you that are in here were on our steering committee at that time. And so as um, I've been appointed director of the centers, it was kind of my job to train kind of this new group of people. And so as we're going into this pandemic, which none of us had ever experienced, um, I kind of went back to my coalition board and said, 
you know, how are you guys going to do this? And they said, you know, we're learning just like you are. None of us have ever led in a pandemic before, so we'll just trust in the Lord and we'll see what happens. But we watched so many amazing things kind of unfold as we're trying to get this, this center in Atlantic launched. Um, something that we offer in the center is that we have worked really hard the last few years to build upon is our men's ministry outreach. We have a men's ministry director, and he kind of oversees and trains what we call the fatherhood support positions. So we live in a culture that oftentimes will diminish the importance and the role of a man. And so when you're looking at that from a medical standpoint, there are many statistics that show that a child that is brought up in a very loving and healthy environment, whether their parents are married and that's a healthy environment, or whether they're co-parenting and that's a healthy environment, the, the statistics will confirm that that child's um, social well-being and even their relationships they have when they get older, how important that is to have that healthy male role model in their lives. And so we're living in a hashtag Me Too movement. Um, and so that, I feel like, has played into part of that. But what I honestly feel in my heart is that we have a culture that is godless. And we have a culture that has idolized everything besides our triune God. And so when you don't have God's word as your foundation, then you don't really know kind of what you're doing. You're kind of navigating life in a very difficult life, um, very worldly. And so it's important for us to be able to share with the young men that come into the center what their role is as designed by God as the leader and the head of the household and how important that is um, to have that role and how important it is for the family dynamic. So we are a pro-marriage ministry. Not in every situation in this fallen world is it, would it be appropriate for us to be preaching marriage to our clients that come in. They're oftentimes very broken relationships, very unhealthy, very dangerous and damaging. Um, and so that's where you rely upon the Holy Spirit to give you the words to speak to these clients to meet their needs when they come in. But we really want to reach out to the men in our community and let them know that they're seen, that they're heard, that they're so valuable and so important and so vital to the healthy human being that that child will be um, and how to treat the mom really well. So we're kind of always working on that male role model um, side and aspect of the ministry, which sometimes I think surprises people because when we think of pregnancy, we think of mom and baby, but we leave out a very important component, um, which is the father. And so once again, just kind of learning ourselves and educating ourselves so that we can in turn educate other people in our community. Another huge part of what we do is after abortion support. There are some congregations that I have stood before and they have been very angry with me about where my heart is for this. But one of the things as a Christ follower and not a friend or a fan of Jesus, but to follow him, once again is living that life of sacrifice and surrender. We want the women and the men and the voices in our community, the hearts in our community that have been have walked through that experience of abortion, we want them to receive healing. We want them to receive love and compassion. And I would love to stand before you today and tell you that the thousands of people that I've spoke to and even the hundreds and hundreds of pastors that I visited with have all shared the same view, but that's not the case. 
And so what I would like for our community and our culture, for God's church to recognize is that seven out of 10 women who have walked through the experience of an abortion identify as Christians. So that means that the people that are in our pews, the people that we cross on the street, probably a very good friend of yours or someone in your family has walked through that experience. And what I don't hear enough of is us preaching the gospel, is us preaching forgiveness, is us preaching healing. This is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, and the women that I have counseled over the years have shared the same thing. If they belong to a congregation, that's oftentimes where they find the most hurt. They already feel shame. They already feel all of those lies that the enemy will use to further them into darkness. What they don't oftentimes hear from the people that they go to church and serve with is the message of forgiveness that Christ paid for all of that. So that is something that we also really hope to change. We see women that have experienced an abortion um, just a few months after. We see women that have experienced an abortion years and years after. And so it looks different for each and every person, just like grief and loss looks different for each of us that sit in this room. And so that's what we hope to change. As a life-affirming ministry, that woman's life matters. And we want her to know that she does not have to carry around that burden, that she can come and she can find love and she can find forgiveness from the only almighty healer that we have. And how beautiful is it to read through scripture and to know God and to know that's who he is. That's his heart. He is a merciful God, and he loves them. And so if any of you at any time ever want to reach out about anything like this, I am more than willing to sit with you one-on-one and just listen to your story. We live in a culture that's very busy, and it's buzzing, and we're very distracted by all sorts of things. And so what we find most often from our clients is they just need to sit somewhere and just let their voice be heard. We're not learning how to do that very well anymore as we sit and we tap. We don't have that interpersonal communication. And we see that as people come in in the door, through the doors at the clinic, we see they're very distracted, they're very detached. And so we want to kind of bring them back down to God created us for love and for relationship, and we have to have a social relationship. I mean, COVID brought some really wonderful things, too. You know, we were able to watch service behind a screen, but that's not sustainable for us as humans. We need, we need so much more than that. So we offer the abortion recovery support. We have several different Bible studies that we can conduct with a young woman or a young man. And that's another thing, too, that we want to, we hope to bring awareness about is that there are men that are suffering just as much as the women, whether it was the boyfriend that she turned to, that he decided he wasn't ready to be a parent, whether it was the man that gave her a ride to the abortion clinic, whatever that looks like. In our eyes, those things are very minimal. What matters is that Jesus is after your heart. And that's what he cares about. When our clients come in and they say, I can't go to church, I have purple hair, and I have full sleeve tattoos, and I'm like, 
look, Jesus is after your heart. He doesn't care that your hair is blue or purple or whatever. He is after your heart. God does not judge by outward appearances. He judges by the heart, the heart of the person that he created, that was created in his image, which all of us are. So we have also um, an education, a student education team, something that we're trying to rework, revamp to catch up with all of you fast-paced youth that are in the room. Um, so what we teach is called sexual risk avoidance. So for a long time, it was tagged abstinence education. But any young youth will tell you if you say the word abstinent, all of a sudden they have left. They're physically there, but their mind is traveling elsewhere. Because it automatically says to our young people, you're going to shake your finger at me and tell me not to have sex and not to do these horrible things, and I don't need another lecture. So we want to minister to the youth exactly where they're at. What are they experiencing? What are you guys going through? What are your pressures? It's not really any different than all of us that are older that have walked through. Scripture says that there's nothing new that's under the sun. Nothing takes God by surprise. It takes us by surprise because we lived in a different generation or a different culture, but that is changing. And so rather than shake your finger at the youth and say, well, in my day, which I'm totally guilty of, I do it all the time. My son Jude is here. He could totally tell you that's true. For us to learn from them, these are the next generation of leaders. They will be the ones who will be taking care of us if we need care. They are the ones, they can teach us so much if once again our hearts are softened to, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? They are who will inherit the earth. So what we are setting for them as a foundation is important. And I tell you, I speak to thousands of youth all over the state of Iowa, and they do not feel like their voice is heard. They do not feel even that they're recognized. And so we have to remember to sow back into these youth, and we need to let them know we see you, and we hear you, and we love you. God loves you infinitely more, but we will meet you where you're at with whatever you're going through, and we will walk alongside you. We'll try not to lecture you. We will walk alongside you because whatever you're going through, you don't have to do it alone. That's what we want our community to know. That is what is getting ready to take place on June 27th when our center in Atlantic opens. I know that a lot of you have put in so many prayers, invested time and love, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I was asked to speak at a congregation a couple of weeks ago. Those of you that pay attention to the news know that Roe v. Wade is in the hands of the Supreme Court. They typically will give their um, decisions on Monday. And so I was given an email, I was sent an email from, I'm a part of the, the Pro-Life Coalition Board of the State of Iowa. There's amazing, wonderful leaders all over the state of Iowa when we come together, um, sometimes in person and sometimes through Zoom, to kind of bounce ideas off of each other and see what everyone else is kind of learning about or what they're dealing with in their centers. And it was a warning um, to me. Um, and Kim said, Hannah, you have to be very careful. There have been attacks all over um, for pro-life preg pregnancy centers, um, churches, different things like that. Um, and so you just, we want you to be kind of mindful, you know, and kind of be, 
be ready for all of that. And so um, I had some, uh, a pastor ask me a few weeks ago if I would come and give a message um, about the Roe v. Wade. And so the more that I prayed about the message that God would have me give to you today, this is kind of what is all um, woven together with some of those things. <clears throat> and one of the questions that was asked of me is, what do you think will happen when Roe v. Wade is overturned? And I said, well, how do you, how do you want me to answer that? And he said, well, what do you think is going to happen? And I said, Pastor, if you want my honest opinion, that is a huge step. It's a huge step toward fighting the real and present evil that we see in the United States and other countries, but it is not the solution. You see, what God laid on my heart is that we as a culture have a spiritual rot. It starts in the heart, and that is what we see in our culture. We have a culture that does not value life, and how can they if they don't know God's word, and they don't follow God, how are they ever going to know what God's truth, the only truth that there is, how are they going to know about that? So what is the church ready to do in response? When Roe v. Wade is overturned, it will not stop unplanned pregnancies. That is an issue of a fallen world that we live in. That is a reality, and not everybody wants to hear that. So what is the church going to do to respond? How are we going to reach out to the men and women in our community that will still face unplanned pregnancies? Because I guarantee there still will be. What is the church ready to do to respond to those that have walked through that experience of having an abortion? Because it is the church's responsibility. What are we going to do to share truth and love and compassion because you see, God creates all life. And so that means that that tiny, teeny, little, precious, innocent baby that God created was created in his image. But that also means that that abortion doctor who takes the lives of babies was also created in his image. There is no difference as far as the image of God. Now, whether that person has fallen away from the Lord, whether they're following the will in his life, whether they're held captive by the enemy is what I really believe happens to all of those that work and that volunteer. I've sat across from rooms in a boardroom um, from people that have left the abortion ministry or the abortion clinic and gone into ministry, and they can share those stories with you and that's exactly what almost every one of them recounts is I had the scales fall from my eyes. So picketing outside of an abortion clinic is not going to change somebody's heart. What we teach at the center is you save the mother, you save the child. When I first was volunteering, which is what my role was always supposed to be, Lord, back in the, in the shadows and in the background, I was very confused about this particular area. It is an area that I speak about a lot because it is the area that the Lord has tra radically transformed my heart and opened my eyes to see the people in our community that are lost and that are hurt and they're broken. Because I 
I don't know about you guys, but I was very advanced, and so at 17 years old, like, I knew everything. So nobody could tell me different. I had it all figured out when I was 17 years old. Um, And so as a Christian, as a young Christian, um, I felt like I knew where I stood on this topic. And really, even the Lord is still working in that area in my heart because we went to a conference last year and I took I'm an apologetics course, and one of the things that the trainer said was, if you are debating with someone about life, the sanctity of life, and they are an atheist, then you can come at them with scripture all day, and it's not going to reach their heart. I know, because I have a brother who's almost 60 who is, who is an atheist, and we have had this conversation multiple times over my life. Like I said, I was 17, so I, can, I have the right to preach to my older brother who's been around on this earth 25 years longer than me. Just kidding. But if we continue to kind of come at it from the preaching standpoint, we have to first understand who our audience is. We have to first understand who is that person, what is their relevance for Um, being pro-choice or being pro-abortion or being pro-life or whatever the label is that you want to use. Helping understand where that person is coming from and helping them understand that if we're going to have that debate with someone and we can't use scripture because it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant to them and they think it's just a bunch of words that were made up, then how do we have a healthy, yes, we can have healthy conflict, we can have healthy debates, it is possible. How do we have that conversation with them. You know, how do, what does that look like if it's someone that's outside of our comfort zone? Like, we just want to hang out with people that we're comfortable with, that believe the same stuff that we believe, so that we don't have to go there with people. But that's not at all what God has called us to do. In fact, that's not at all what Jesus has commanded us to do. Pray for those who persecute you. Love God and love your neighbors. That's hard to do. I am that person who gets under the skin of some people. God has shown me that that is me. And maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone else. How do we be Jesus to them? How do we show them who he is? When it comes to debates with my atheist brother, whom is one of the most intelligent people that I've ever met in my entire life, and I know that he will accept Christ as his savior, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when, how do we have those difficult conversations with them, and how do we learn from them? And what God laid on my heart very recently in my conversation with him was, God showed me one day that I was born with a preaching finger, and I have used it my entire life. And God has not called me to be a preacher. I am not a preacher. So God has convicted me and said, what are you doing with that preaching finger out again, sister? You're out of line. But... It is not our job to convince someone of who Jesus is. It's not our fault to debate them to death until we get them into submission on who Jesus is. Because we are responsible for the contact, but God is responsible for the conversion. We, in fact, cannot convert anybody's heart. So what are we going to do? Are we going to say, yeah, I don't know. They're kind of just, they're just a lost soul. That's where my heart is. That's where the heart of the people that are in the LC Clinic ministry is. We want to seek out those people like Jesus did.
We want, he came for the lost and the hurting. Some of you are facing very difficult seasons of your life and very difficult challenges. And I won't begin to understand that I know how you feel, but I will be here for you and say, I will pray with you, I will pray for you. What do you do if a client doesn't want prayer? You show up. You show up and you let them know you are seen, you are heard, you are loved. You affirm them and you let them know that they are precious and they are priceless and you rubber band your preaching finger back so you don't get carried away. You just meet them where they're at and love them for who they are. And that's part of this ministry that's huge because we, in our mission statement, says that we want to demonstrate the love of Christ. How do we do that? We meet people and we love them. And when they walk into the center, they will know this place is a little bit different. Not, not because of all the kooky people we have working there, which is totally true. <laughs> Their kooky leader is a requirement. They have to be a little... Because they're just going to feel the love of Jesus. It's not because we're really wonderful. Well, the people I work with are really wonderful. But it's because we are not the counselors. We sit in those rooms, and the Holy Spirit is the one that counsels them. God created them. He numbered the hairs on their head. He knows wherever they've been, wherever they're going to go. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before, before I formed you in the womb. So it takes it way back even before then. God knew all of these things. And so we stand before them ready to serve because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Someone asked me recently, where are you going to open your next center at? And I said, don't you ever say those words again. How cruel. This is the life that we want. We want to live a life of surrender. I want to follow the Lord. We want to share our stories, not just the good stuff that makes a really cute Instagram reel, right? We want to share the bad stuff because that is where in my walk with the Lord, he has made something more beautiful, more amazing, more real, more authentic, more lasting than anything. That's where we're meeting those needs of their clients. When our clients come into the center, we are meeting them at a very pivotal time in their life, very broken time in their life. Sometimes it's a very joyful time in their life, but not always. That's where that constant communion with the Lord and that constant communication and allowing him to continue to soften the parts of our heart that kind of crust over a little bit sometimes. And each and every one of you that are in this room are doing just that. You guys are changing and helping save lives. Because the battle that we fight, we know how it ends. We are victorious. It's over. But the people that we walk alongside in life and the people that we pass at the grocery store, some of them don't know that. Where is their hope found if it is not found in Jesus? It's not found. So we want to continue to fight the good fight, knowing how the book ends, what happens. 
But God wants us to just light a fire in our communities to take every single person with us. He goes after the one. That's what our God does. He wants them to know who they are and that no matter what they have done in their past, God can use all of those broken moments to make something really wonderful. And it's not for us. We have a term that we coined a few years ago called rivers and reservoirs. The gifts that God gives to us, the work that he does in our lives, it's not meant to be stored up like a river. He is meant to flow through us like a reservoir. So all of the things that he does in our lives is always intended to help reach other people. And we can't reach other people if we just talk about how perfect our life and how we got it all together and how we're there yet. Yes, there are some people to show up, to be present for people. That's what our brothers and sisters need. And it's not so much our words, but our actions. It is the love of Christ that we want to demonstrate. There are a lot of facets to the ministry of LC Clinic, but because of your support, because of everything that you guys have done, we get to see on the front lines the work that God is doing. I know a lot of you never get to see it. You write a check, uh, you say a prayer, and there's no amount of gratitude that I could come before you and share with you and express our hearts for all that you guys have done to help us. Um, but I do thank you sincerely. It is only because of Jesus that we all sit in this building together. It is only because of Jesus that we have people from all walks of life that come to serve in life care, all different religions. But the one thing, the core of who we are as a ministry is Jesus. And as a mom, that's what I try to teach my kids. You can have your own opinions. Lord knows we all got them. You can have your own ideas and your own thoughts. You cannot have your own truth. There, in fact, is only one infallible truth, and that comes from the Word of God. I want to thank you guys for allowing me time to share. I have people around me that challenge me constantly, and so my challenge for each of you in this room today is have the Lord put someone on your heart that is maybe very difficult for you to be around, maybe someone that you have hurt, Maybe it's someone that you know that's walked through the experience of an abortion. How can you be Jesus to that person? How can you demonstrate the love of Christ to that person? I thank you guys so much for this wonderful opportunity. I have some information if you need it. Um, otherwise, we thank you as a ministry, as a team, as a family. We thank you for all of the support. Because I know that each of you are doing the same thing in your own lives. This is a battle for eternity. There is no ulterior. There is heaven or hell. And so where are we leading people? C.S. Lewis, the great C.S. Lewis, it's one of my favorite quotes that he, that he said. Um, and so I will close. I think Lee is going to come and pray over us. Um, but thank you guys so much, and we're just so excited to be able to sow those seeds for God's kingdom.
couple of takeaways <coughs> uh, that I learned, and I've heard Hannah a few times. Um, I love the breadth of the ministry. It's just not, you know, the, the mother and the baby trying to connect with the father. I think that is extremely important. Uh, the aspect of those who have had abortion ministry. I think that's, a, you know, there's, there's a point where uh, you kind of push them out here. But they're hurting. They are hurting. I've heard testimony after testimony of, of people who have gone through it, and they look back, and they're hurting. And we need to be reaching out to them. The aspect of reaching out to the, to the, uh, the fathers, uh, that is, is, is extremely important. The phrase that I caught that I want to remember is, and I want to challenge you with is, are you simply a fan of Jesus or are you a follower of Jesus? Think about that. Uh, let's pray. Father, we, we, um, we're humbled. We're challenged. We, uh, we're hurting. We want to be loving. I pray that you will just work in our hearts and realize that uh, this is something that we can all be a part of. And I think of, I think of uh, the fact, the verse, before I was formed, before each of us were formed in the womb, you knew each of us. Um, it's very similar to Psalm 139. And so we just, we need to recognize that and realize that as your people, we need to reach out to those who need Jesus. Thank you for this challenge this morning. Thank you for the LC Clinic. And I, I pray that you will um, work in our hearts to how we can Maybe it's over the backyard fence. Maybe it's across the street. Maybe it's someone at work, someone who is facing some very difficult situations that we could guide them to some help through the clinic. We praise you because you are the living God. You are the one who is the very essence of life. And uh, we rejoice that we have experienced not only this physical life, but because of your son Jesus, eternal life, spiritual life. And maybe we be conduits to that life to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.